Welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast, where we bring you tips and inspiration each day to help you build habits for writing success. For more resources, including your free Daily Writer Starter Kit, visit dailywriterlife.com. This week here on the Daily Writer Podcast, we're doing a five-part series celebrating the launch of the brand new book, Write Your First Nonfiction Book, a primer for aspiring authors, written by my friend and business coach, Honoré Quarter. And I wanted to feature this fantastic book all this week because it's really an essential book for every aspiring author. And in Write Your First Nonfiction Book, Honoré gives you a simple pathway for writing your very first nonfiction book. Honoré is the author of dozens of books, including You Must Write a Book, You Must Market Your Book, The Prosperous Writer's Book Series, The Best-Selling Book Formula, The Successful Single Mom Book Series, and many more. Honoré is also a business coach and founder of Indie Author University, as well as the Empire Builders Mastermind, which I joined a couple of years ago. And in our episode today, Honoré is going to help us understand how to deal better with anxiety and overthinking, which maybe as a, as a creative resident artist or writer, you've probably encountered many times over the years. And she's going to help us understand how we can deal with it successfully so we can get on with our creative work that we feel called to do. By the way, you can get Write Your First Nonfiction Book on Amazon, and I also recommend signing up for Honoré's email list at honorécorder.com. It's really good stuff. It's a daily email, and I promise you're going to love it. Now, just as a little aside here, I want you to know that we've got five copies, five print copies of the book to give away as well. And the way that you can get one of those is to leave a review of the Daily Writer podcast on Apple Podcasts. And the first five people to do that, take a screenshot of it and email it to me at Kent at dailywriterlife.com, along with your email address. The first five people to do that will get a copy of the print book. And I'm super excited to make those available. All right. I'm so excited to share this with you. Here's part one of my conversation with Honor Recorder about to write your first nonfiction book. Honor, it's great to have you back on the Daily Writer podcast. You've been a more frequent guest than I think anybody else. I feel like I should send you some kind of reward or maybe a gold star or something. But regardless, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I don't know. I feel like I should send you something. So thank, <laughs> you. thank you for having me. It is an honor as always to know you and talk to you. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you for, we're just going to do a round of thank yous here. Thank you for writing this book. Uh, you were very kind in mentioning, uh, mentioning me a few times in here, too kind. Uh, I mean, I, I was just kind of overwhelmed at your kindness oh. in mentioning my ghostwriting business and um, you know, I just recommended a few months ago that, hey, I thought this would make a cool book and lo and behold, you actually turned this into a book. I mean, that doesn't happen very often in my life. So well, that's so pretty cool. I throw a thank you back to you because here's something fun is I took an advanced copy of this book to a meeting where I knew I would see someone who has said, I really want to write a book. Hmm. And I gave him the book. Now, I can't speak to whether he was paying attention during the meeting, but after the meeting, <laughs> He came up to me and he said, I feel like I can fulfill my mission for being on this planet. And he told me what it was. And wow. he said, I right now coach people one-on-one, -on -one, but I feel like I can put my process into a short book like this one, following your steps exactly. Mm -hmm. And I can impact the world, which is why I think God put me on this planet. Now let's trace that back to the origin of you reading the blog post and saying, Hey, I think this would have been really helpful when I was first writing just to yeah. have a process to follow a, a, you know some some 
some, you're wrapping some arms around how do I write a book? What goes in a book and where and why? So I think you should turn this into a book. Thank you back to you because there's someone that you don't know that you may never meet who is probably right now writing his book using this book as his touchstone, as his guidebook, which is so cool. It's so cool to me how, you know, they say like stuff rolls downhill, but I also think that it's like, you can, you can do something and the waves go out Hmm. and they just keep going and impacting in a positive way. So thank you for that. Yeah, totally my pleasure. Well, and and where this came from is, uh, again, you mentioned uh, this was something you had in your email newsletter. This has been months ago and I don't print stuff out very often, but literally I print out that email. I have carried that around with me in app. So I've got a folder of things in my home office. I just call it like my really, really important stuff folder for lack of a better term. And I printed that out and I, then I shoved it in there. I was like, I'm going to come back to this and reference this I know. And so that was kind of the genesis of it. And the reason this was so helpful is because, so I was trained as a pastor years and years ago in college with the idea of the way that you construct a sermon was you kind of have three or four parallel points. And most nonfiction books are written where the chapters are kind of parallel with each other. But I loved how you, and we'll get into this in a, I think episode three of this little mini series. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I, I was so struck by the way that you organize these little short books because it's completely different. And I think it's vastly superior to it. So that's why I'm really excited about this. I think it's it's fantastic. Well, thank you. I, I'm going to say that it was divine because it was just kind of how I thought I would formulate a book. And I made it up, but <laughs> did I? <laughs> right? I mean, it makes it's, sense. It's it an honorary sense. original, but I was just using common sense and my intuition, which I think is... Yeah related to the man upstairs. So, all right. Thanks to God and Kent. I forgot to mention God <laughs> in the acknowledgement. It's implied. <laughs> one one of those things, God and Kent, one of those things is, you know, way, way down on the list of <laughs> things. There's one of those is a way above the other one or yeah, above. Yeah. So let's dive into for a couple of minutes, if we can. Um, this is actually from page. This isn't even, uh, I mean, it's a numbered page. This is from page Four, it's you know the Roman num- Roman numeral four, so like the the intersection uh, of the book where you talk about the tendency of a lot of us writers to overthink, to have a lot of anxiety. We get stuck, and you used a phrase here that I really loved. It's something that a lot of us tell ourselves, which is "I'm doing this wrong," and therefore we get hung up. I'm wondering if you can can give us a little bit of guidance around this about. How do we actually move past this whenever we feel like I'm just doing this wrong the whole time and so therefore I can't actually write a book? Well, not to dive too deep into psychology, but that to me sounds like someone somewhere told you that you were doing something wrong Mm, and you've now applied that to everything. I don't mean you, I just mean anybody, right? Oh, I must be doing this wrong. And so I'm going to be paralyzed because I'm pretty sure that someone's going to look at this and tell me I'm doing it wrong. And as we were just talking about before we started, there are always going to be people that tell you that what you're doing is right. There are always going to be people Mm -hmm. that are going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. And then there are some people in the middle that are like, it could have been better. It could have been worse. Good job. (laughs) It was better than a sharp stick in the eye, whatever. And so at the end of the day, I think it's helpful to release what other people may or may not say, especially when you're writing a book, because you can get all of the words down on paper, 
no one ever has to see it. Now, I'm not suggesting yeah. you take that manuscript and stick it in a drawer or just leave it on your hard drive and let it die with you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying you're not writing your book on the screen in Times Square where every word is being broadcast simultaneously exactly. around the world for other people to judge you. You get the opportunity to write whatever you want to write. And gosh darn it, it's your book. Write whatever you want to write in your book. And if someone has some criticism, then let them show you their book. <laughs> Give it a you know turnabout is fair play, as they say. And so I think it would be just really helpful for, for a couple of things. One, to think about where did this belief come from or where did this block come from? And is it serving me in this moment based on my aspiration to write a book? or whatever it is that you want to do. And then if you do have something, then maybe it's time to, to cut it out like a cancer. Maybe it's time to talk to someone about it, figure out if it's real or imagined and let it go. If it's not serving you and what it is you want to create, then maybe you need to just work through it or let it go or some combination of that. I wonder if there's an element to this where as we become adults, you know, we all have authority figures or parental figures in our lives as as kids, yeah. whether it's actual parents or, you know, teachers or a coach or youth pastor or, or whatever the case might be. And a lot of people carry those voices with them their whole life. And even when they become parents or even grandparents, they're still hearing those voices from decades ago, like, you're not doing it right. You're not good enough. You're not this or this or that. Yeah. Forgetting the whole time that those people who were authority figures way back when were that they were their own flawed human beings with their own hangups and insecurities. And it's like we attribute so much value and so much authority to those people when many times it doesn't doesn't really jive with the reality of it. That's right. I I completely agree. And also sometimes people say things. I have had people come back to me and tell me something I said to them, I have no recollection of this. <laughs> it happens to me too. Most of the time it's great. So I'm super glad when it's, when it's positive. I also was told you must write a book by Mark Victor Hansen. And I've since spoken to him. I was introduced by a mutual friend, no recollection of ever meeting me, of ever having our 30 minute conversation wow. completely changed my life. It's like, nice to meet you. It's like, my friend was like, well, actually you met her in 2004 and you said something and now she writes books because you said that and he's like that's fantastic I have no recollection <laughs> of this meeting and so wouldn't it be a tragedy if this whole time you were not doing something that someone told you that they have no recollection of it was a throwaway yeah. comment in yeah. their mind that they didn't mean to stunt your progress or make yeah. you feel bad about yourself or not write a book or not write a book in whatever way because of something that they said in 1974 that they don't remember. Yeah. Wouldn't that be just yep. the most tragic? Well, it's not the most tragic. There are a hundred things more tragic, right? On the, on the hierarchy of tragedy, but it, in your world, dear author, aspiring author, it would be tragic if you didn't write your book because of something yeah. like. And it happens as parents too, doesn't it? Where sometimes, you know, our kids will say, oh, you said this one time and they remember this one thing that happened for yeah, yeah. years ago. And I'm like, I don't remember saying that. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Right. That. Right. Happens. Yes. Yes. We're all human. And also too, now that I'm a grown up, 
I really like, I resent all of the respect I gave grownups as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really true. Because sometimes like, it wasn't always. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we were sold a bill of goods. <laughs> all a lie, all lies. <laughs> it does happen sometimes. I, you know, I taught college for years and occasionally somebody will say, oh yeah, I remember I had this class with you, you know, 15 years ago. And you said this one thing and it really impacted me and everything. And I'm like, oh, I never said that, but okay. We'll go with that. You know, they maybe, they but maybe you something. did. Maybe, maybe I did, and did. I just don't remember. That's it. the funny thing is, how could we possibly remember? I can't remember what I had to eat on Monday. Yeah. How could we possibly remember what we said 15 years ago verbatim? It's why we have legal contracts that we sign because it's like, what, yeah. what were we thinking? What were we thinking last year, last month in, you know, 2004? I don't exactly. know. Let's go, you know, let's go to the roll the videotape. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we don't know. Well, this has been great. Um, I feel like we could we can dive into this a lot more and we shall in these next few episodes. So thanks for hanging out with me here today, as always, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Kent. Hey, I hope you enjoyed part one of our conversation this week. And I really hope that you check out this book. You know, a lot of people talk to me about writing and books. And uh, a lot of those people, I would say a pretty high percentage of people who talk to me about writing have always wanted to write a book, but they don't know how to get started. And they're scared they're not going to do it right. And they just don't know what to do. And I promise this is a really, really great solution for you. So make sure and grab Honoré's book, Write Your First Nonfiction Book. She's going to show you the exact step-by-step plan to help you get that nonfiction book finished. So you can finally sit back and say, hey, I wrote my first book. And you will have Honoré to thank for it. Hey, before I wrap up this episode, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Total Life Freedom School. Total Life Freedom School is the roadmap that my good friend Vincent Puglisi and his family used to create a life of time, money, and location freedom. And whenever you join TLF School, you get access to a 30-minute lesson each week with actionable steps, as well as live monthly Q&A calls where you can interact and get your questions answered. Best of all, TLF School is only nine bucks a month, which is like what, one and a half drinks from Starbucks? It's, I don't even think you can get two for nine bucks. So it's pretty cheap and it's a good deal. And you, with that nine bucks a month, you can get your first two lessons for free. So if you're ready to stop dreaming and start building a life in a business you love, head on over to dailywriterlife.com slash TLF school to check it out. As always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.